Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel with NFL insider John McMullen, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, use the keyword Jacob, and save 15% off of a one-liter bottle. It's the kickoff to Dallas week here on Football 24-7. Our official kickoff on the YouTube channel started this morning on Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, uh, who began th- the conversation or the dialogue. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of it, Johnny Mack, as the team um, gets ready to go into Dallas for a Monday night matchup because they will not see Dallas again until the last game of the season. Yeah, and Dallas week is always big. A little bit of a late start because it's a Monday night game, obviously. So everything kind of pushed back a day uh, during the week. So uh, nothing going on really at the Novacare Complex. Media-wise, today, uh, tomorrow is Coordinator's Day, which would typically be on Tuesday during a normal week. The big practice, the longest practice would typically be on a Wednesday. It's now on a Thursday and so forth. So you go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, And then obviously standalone Monday night game against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So Nick Sirianni's first opportunity uh, at a primetime audience as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I know that you did – I know that you – mentioned yesterday on the football 24 seven report that we did last night here on the Jacob media YouTube channel, John, um, you gave a pretty, a great example of a deep dive that you did. You started to do your deep dive into the Sunday game. Um, Part of that deep dive, what did you see from, did you see anything different from the head coach, after the fact that you may not have seen in real time on Sunday? Um, uh, no, I, I think, you know, the concerns from Sunday, if we're going to look back, remain, you know, 
what what was the disconnect from week one and week two? What was the difference? I think Nick Sirianni kind of uh, intimated that uh, it was a game plan. If you look at it from the perspective of the 49ers came into that game with both of their starting cornerbacks out. Uh, so maybe they thought they could go down the field, the Eagles, with some success. And they did. I mean, you had the 91-yard play for Quez Watkins. Um, you should have had a 36-yard touchdown to Jalen Rager, uh, but he stepped out of bounds. So that kind of wiped that off the board. Um, and they had some other opportunities where, where they didn't hook up. A couple under throws from Jalen Hurts. But there's got to be there's got to be a, a, a nice mixture. It can't be all or nothing. You know, week one, it was all short stuff. Week two, it's all long stuff. And, you know, I just wrote about this on Sports Illustrated, Krause. It's where's the in, intermediate stuff? So, you know, they have pass charts. Um, now next-gen stats, the NFL puts them out. So you can look. You can go to that article and look at Jalen Hurts' pass charts. I said they should be sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts because there's a big hole in the middle. <laughs> there's nothing. There is nothing in the middle of the football field. Nothing. And it's bizarre. And look, it's a small sample size. Now, there's two ways you can go. You're at a fork in the road. Why is this going on? Does the head coach not trust the quarterback to throw the football in the middle of the field because it's more dangerous? Let's be honest. That's where you might get a tip ball. If there's a tip ball, if there's an inaccurate ball down the middle of the field, it goes up in the air. It could be intercepted easily. Um, that's that's bad, though. If the quarterback doesn't trust uh, – if the coach doesn't trust the quarterback to throw the football in the middle of the field, could be Jalen Hurts. There are a couple times, no, no doubt about it, um, he's not getting the ball out on time and he'll pull it down and he'll run it. And maybe those are some of the intermediate throws – that are supposed to be in the game plan, but they turn into scrambles. I don't know. I, I, it's too early to tell, but I will say this. The goal of this season, more than anything else, is about finding out whether Jalen Hurts could be the long-term answer at starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. If he's not throwing the ball in those intermediate zones – you're not going to find the answer. No matter what the record is, no matter where you are, no matter if you make the playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record in a bad division, you're not going to know. So it's time to take the shrimp, shrink wrap off Jalen Hurts if you're Nick Sirianni because the goal is to find out what you have in this player. Can't protect him. Got to let him play. How long will Howie Roseman allow it to go on? Well, it's interesting because I, I mentioned that on the show this morning. I wrote about it. At some point, Howie Roseman will have to step in if this continues because, you know, there's a, there's a disconnect. And this isn't about Philadelphia everywhere. If you're the head coach of a football team, your goal, to use this week as an example, is to beat the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. That's your goal. That's 
that's the only thing you're focused on. Howie Roseman, as the GM of this team, has to have a wider view, has to have a more macro view. And that's where you come in and say, look, this is about more than just the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. We have to find out what we have in this particular player. And if that means going 7-10 and 10 versus 9-8, and eight, that's okay. As long as you have that answer. Because the worst position you can be in after 17 games is not knowing where you are at the quarterback position. Maybe he's the guy, maybe he isn't the guy. You want a firm answer. Either you think he is the guy or you think he isn't the guy. And the only way you can get to that answer is if you let him play football. Let him be free. Let him do everything. No more of this kid glove treatment. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. Fascinating uh, conversation out of the box here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel presented by uh, Stateside Vodka. I'm processing as I listen and I consume uh, what you're saying, John, and I'm kind of playing back in my mind the leading into the opening game where uh, the coach was talking about you know, calling plays that were going to play to the skill set uh, of the quarterback. And I, I think we saw a little bit of that, or at least, uh, you, you know, at least the way the game plan played out, Jalen was in a position to have success. Um, now, after listening to your analysis of that, I wonder if there's a disconnect between what Jalen wants to do and what the coach wants to call. Um, I don't know if it's that. I don't want to go down that road. It's only two games. There's one successful game, one unsuccessful game. Mm -hmm. The only reason I bring it up is because there is this sort of weird absence of, look, you have to go. I don't know how else to put it. At some point, you have to go down the middle of the field. So if you think about those hash marks in the middle of the field, uh, the middle of an NFL football field. Um, Jalen Hurts did not throw one pass inside the hash marks against the San Francisco 49ers. Against Atlanta, one on the left hash. One throw. Two full NFL games. People are asking, where's Dallas Goddard? Where's Zach Ertz? That's where your your tight ends are supposed to be, the middle of the field. They're supposed to be your security blanket, those guys. Um, you're not throwing the football there, so they're not getting involved. I, I It's got to change. The game is Monday night. The Eagles are, or Dallas rather, uh, is favored. They should be. The question comes up as we transition into looking at the game. Uh, can the Eagle offense go point for point, match an offense that's probably going to score some points? Uh, you know, although you can push back immediately and say, hey, Krause, I'm not so sure the defense has done a pretty good job the first two weeks. 
Yeah, they have. I mean, they've given up 23 points in two games. That's pretty good. That's yeah, that's less than 12 points a game. So um, you give up six points, you should win the football game. They won it. You give up 17 points, you should win a football game. And, and certainly in the modern NFL, they didn't win it. So uh, I don't know. I've been talking about it for a long time now. I, there are certain teams that are going to score points because in the modern NFL, I always talk about it, it's really difficult to play defense. And it's sort of like in the old days, the adage was a good defense beats a good offense. In the, in the modern game, a good offense is going to beat a good defense. There's nothing you can do if Tom Brady's on, if Patrick Mahomes is on, if Aaron Rodgers is on. They're going to gash you at times, and you're going to see these games. You saw it uh, Sunday night, Baltimore, Kansas City. Um, You saw it last night with Aaron Rodgers. You saw it in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Just up and down the field like a video game. Can the Eagles win a game like that? I don't think so. Not right now. I've been saying that for a while. If you have to score 35, 40 points, are they capable of doing that? I haven't seen any evidence that they're capable of doing that. Um, right now, they want to <clears throat> they want to play from the lead. They want to keep that sort of um, running uh, a game that is spearheaded by Jalen Hurts, the RPO-type uh, offense in play. And the last thing they want is to get down two scores like they did against San Francisco because then you got to drop back and throw the football. That's not the strength of that team right now. As you saw, when they became one-dimensional, Quez Watkins was the last reception. The 91-yard play to Quez Watkins was the last reception in the game to a wide receiver. And that came with six and a half minutes left in the second quarter. So they won about 37 minutes without getting the football to a wide receiver. What changed? Well, after the 91-yard reception, after the failed fourth and three, the Philly unspecial, San Francisco went down the field and scored. They took the lead for the first time. That's what changed. The, the Eagles at that point, became a little bit more one-dimensional. Then when they got down by two scores, they became really one-dimensional. Good stuff from NFL insider John McMullen tonight across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Roster move today, John. I guess there's going to be a little bit of shuffling. Give us an update on BG and BB, um, and then the the update – uh, the roster move and the roster update from today. Yeah. Um, as expected, the Eagles uh, place Brandon Graham and Brandon Brooks on, on injured reserve. Brandon Graham obviously is out for the season with the torn Achilles. Brandon Brooks is supposed to return at some point uh, from a strained pack, what is being described as a strained pack uh, by the team. Uh, but he's going to miss, at best, three games, and that's probably being kind. But 
he has to sit out three games by going on injured reserve, but he's probably going to be out a little bit longer than that. Um, the Eagles signed an offensive lineman, Jack Anderson, off the Buffalo Bills practice squad. Um, he was a seventh-round pick by the Bills this year out of Texas Tech. So they made that move. Um, they also brought back Richard Rogers to the practice squad. Um, tight end we're all familiar with. Uh, insurance for Zach Ertz, who's on the reserve COVID list now. Um, and they still have two open roster spots. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Now, Zach, hopefully, because he's vaccinated, if, he, if he's asymptomatic and if he can pass two tests, uh, he can play in the Cowboys game. He'll be activated. He'll be back on the 53-man roster. So then they would have one spot to fill. And they also worked out a, a couple of players today. Um, most notably, I would say keep an eye on this one. It was uh, Cameron Malveaux, who's a defensive end. Um, with Brandon Graham going down, that would make a lot of sense. They also worked out a wide receiver, Deion Kane, who had uh, a little bit of experience with Nick Sirianni in Indianapolis. And they worked out a linebacker, Dylan Cole, who had been with the Texans. Um, so they're looking, um, you know, you do that Tuesdays in the NFL are generally when teams work out players and, and you try to get a file on guys that if you need them. Uh, but the Eagles might be looking for another body at defensive end. So that's why I put a little asterisk next to the name Cameron Malvo. John, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but I saw Ed Kratz put an article out today uh, about Brandon Brooks. And I think the crux of the article was – whether or not he was going to play again for this uh, for the Eagles roster, I don't know if you saw the I don't know if you saw the article or what was what was the content of it. And if not, we can move past it. I didn't get a chance to read it. I just saw the headline. You know, there's the headline, and then there's the details. Um, you know, is there was there is there anything worth noting from that? Yeah, I mean the Eagles um, and and. Brandon himself confirmed that the Eagles were shopping Brandon Brooks in the offseason for a couple reasons. One, uh, he's got a very big contract. Um, two, he's aging. Uh, he's over 30. He's 32 years old. Um, so you have that aspect of it as well. And he has a lengthy injury history that just got a little bit longer. So if you're the Eagles and remember – they drafted Landon Dickerson in the second round. Landon Dickerson is here to start in 2022. So he's going to start for either Jason Kelsey or Brandon Brooks. Jason Kelsey has always said to date that he's going year by year at this point. There's always at least a little bit of a chance that he'll walk away. Um, in that case, it could potentially be for Jason Kelsey. If not, it's probably going to be for Brandon Brooks and the Eagles are going to look to move on from that contract, more of a salary cap thing and injury related thing. So there is a possibility at least 
that Brandon Brooks is not going to be here next year. Now, where I disagree with that is he's going to be back this season. The Eagles have made that clear. This is not a season-ending injury. So I do think he'll be play for the team again. Um, but I think it's looking less and less likely that he will be back in 2022. Do you think or do you expect um... – Landon Dickerson to line up next to Lane Johnson for mon- uh, on Monday? You know, he did not play well um, against San Francisco, and I rewatched the game. And, you know, in first glance when I was there, I said he struggled. Um, it, you know, in the first play came in, I mentioned he got bowled over. Uh, and that was the 91-yard pass to, to Quez Watkins. Um, as I watched, as I rewatched the game, he was not very good in pass protection as a whole. Struggled pretty mightily. I want to promote ball focus now. I have never seen such a low grade on pass protection. They gave him a 4.9. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's out of 100. 4.9 out of 100. That's pretty poor. Uh, and it kind of looked that poor. Now, he, he he just returned to practice last week. He tore his ACL on December 19th at Alabama. He had not practiced uh, other than a limited fashion, doing some stretching, uh, doing some individual drills. His first full practice with the Eagles coming off the knee injury was last week, and all of a sudden he's thrown into the game mid-game and so he'll be better if he has a week to practice as the starter. But I do think the team will have to look very hard at Nate Herbig, who played a lot last season and is probably more ready to play right now than Landon Dickerson. Maybe give him a little bit of time to get ramped up uh, and more comfortable coming back from the injury. But they have that decision to make, and they're going to make that decision. I would probably go with Nate Herbig. We'll see how they would go. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Because of the Monday night game, the normal Wednesday on Birds 365, which would have John McMullen not on Birds 365, or will you still be? Do you still have to report to Novacare tomorrow? And will Jeff Kerr be in with Jody Mack tomorrow? No, it put the our Wednesday is a Thursday. Okay, so, so, okay, very so good. Wednesday is typically COVID testing. That's why I'm not on Birds 365. That's going to happen on Thursday this week. So Jeff's going to be in Thursday. I'll join the show at the beginning of the show, though, at eight o'clock. Uh, then I got to get off to get down there for, for COVID testing. Um, so Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday is coordinator day, which is typically Tuesday. So everything is pushed back a day because of Monday night. John, John, I want to ask you, um, and we're getting close to getting out of here, but I do want to ask you about two things. One, um, what it means, the loss of Brandon Graham, what, what, what it means to, what it means to this, to, to Fletcher Cox, to how the defense is going to uh, respond. Are they going to do things differently? Do they need to do things differently? Um, will it change how Fletcher, where Fletcher lines up? 
No, I don't think it'll change much with Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave. It's going to change for uh, Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett. But I think the goal is ultimately to get those two on the field at the same time as much as possible. And to do that, um, one of them's going to have to play out of position because typically they're both rotating at the right defensive end spot. Now they're going to have to take snaps at left defensive end to replace Brandon Graham. Those are, you want to get your four best defensive linemen on the field, especially in the fourth quarter in a close game. And that's going to be Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. Um, So how does Jonathan Gannon do it? And then you talk about the rotation. Ryan Kerrigan is comfortable left end. Um, so that stays the same. Milton Williams might be the guy to keep an eye on because he was drafted as sort of the um, heir apparent to Brandon Graham. They think he's a very similar player stylistically in that he can play outside and he can shift inside as a pass rusher like Brandon Graham used to do. So Milton Williams, who has been playing mainly as a backup defensive tackle, might have to play a little bit more outside to help replace some of the reps from, from Brandon Graham. This is where I need your expertise, John, because looking at the play sheet that you post after the game, uh, the snap count, I was, <clears throat> I was surprised to see the number uh, Josh sweat and the number of plays that he played in the game on Sunday. To me, it looked like it was low. And this is a guy who just got a big deal, right? So I'm trying to wonder why it was, or perhaps you're going to tell me, no, it wasn't really, no, no, it really wasn't. No, it was low. It was low because it was the 49ers. So the 49ers are one of those teams uh, that have a fullback, that have a blocking tight end. They play a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of 12 personnel. Most teams do not um, in the NFL. Uh, So the Eagles were very, very concerned about stopping the running game, and they wanted more of their run defenders. You'll notice Avante Maddox, for instance. Avante Maddox usually plays much more than the third linebacker, who is Gennard Avery. Well, in this game, Gennard Avery played much more than Avante Maddox. The rest of the 17 games – probably not going to happen again. That's how few teams – Minnesota's not on the Eagles' schedule. They play a lot of 21. Um, it's probably the last time you're going to see it this year. Um, it was just the opponent, um, and Derek Barnett's regarded as the better run defender than Josh Sweat, so he played more. That's why you're the expert NFL insider, John McMullen across the Jacob media YouTube channel presented by Stateside Vodka, go to statesidevodka.com, punch the keyword in Jacob, save 15% on a one liter bottle. Let's get out at last question for John McMullen game planning for that Dallas Cowboy offense that will uh, begin um, back on the field uh, Thursday, I guess is when they'll start to uh, the players will start to prepare um, how will they how will they game plan, John, against the Cowboy offense? 
Um, it's going to be interesting. Now, the Cowboys are down. Michael Gallup, he's probably not going to play. We're going to have to see. I know Amari Cooper got banged up. I think he's okay. They got their running game going a little bit. Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, Tony Pollard got going. So that uh, affects. They're also, they have some offensive line issues. Lyle Collins is suspended. So maybe that kind of uh, the injuries, suspensions give the Eagles a little bit of a break because this is a very explosive offense. To me, though, the bigger question is the Cowboys' defense is not good, and it's not good when Demarcus Lawrence is there, who is by far their best player. Well, he's out as well. Um, so the Eagles should be able to score some points because everybody should be able to score some points against the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm really more interested to see how they attack that Cowboys defense because it's it's not very good. And again, shrink wrap, training wheels, whatever you want to use, <laughs> they got to come off. Good stuff tonight with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel right back here tomorrow uh, with Birds 365. Big announcement tomorrow on behalf of John McMullen. I'm excited for that tomorrow. We'll make that big announcement tomorrow, Johnny Mac. Very excited about uh, that as you continue your dominance here uh, on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, also, um, just a reminder that Wednesday is technically Thursday. Thursday is technically Friday. Friday is technically Saturday. Does that make sense? Well, no. Well, Thursday is Wednesday. Oh, Friday okay. yeah, is Thursday. Thursday. It's the other way, right? Saturday okay. is Friday. Well, by the way, when does the team fly into Dallas? Uh, Sunday. Okay, so they'll fly into Sunday. I assume maybe you will. You will as well. Uh, and we look. And forward. because it's a night game, they might even do Monday, but I doubt it. It'll probably be Sunday. All right, good stuff from NFL insider John McMullen here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We thank everyone for liking, sharing, and continuing to, to subscribe uh, to the Jacob Media channel. On behalf of John McMullen, on behalf of Xander Krause, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.